The Truth News Network. A sitting president admits his actions are unconstitutional, but says while it's being litigated, we're going to go ahead and do it anyway. This is the man sworn to uphold and defend the Constitution. It's time for some pushback, and that starts with the truth. TNN, the Truth News Network, spells it out. And with today's Chalk Talk, Dan Newman. Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to TNN Live. It's election day, not really election, but, uh, you know, we've got this campaign stuff going on, and we have these primaries, and these caucuses, and all you, just all kind of names. we got to figure out who's going to run as the Republican for the presidency. We're down to two, technically. Um it's going to be, in my opinion, it's going to be determined today because the New Hampshire primary up there today is the first one in this election. It was a caucus in Iowa on Tuesday, which isn't really uh, an election. But we've got a primary today, and it's a, there's a lot at stake here. Uh, we have now only two that are still running and Nikki Haley and Donald Trump are head-to-head. So, for those of you that don't really pay close attention, I'm going to, in just a few minutes, I'm going to break down how this thing is going to work today. They already started. Late last night, they have this special thing that they do where they, uh, it's a tradition in New Hampshire for this. And there's a guy with a company up there, and they are the first place where, People want to cast their vote in this primary, uh, the first place that they cast them. So that's a big fall to roll about all that. There are just so many things going on around us. And there's a lot more going on around um, Morning Joe, of all people. Morning Joe. Do you realize that Morning Joe, who is the, um, the anchor on that show, He once was a representative in Congress. Did you know that? I mean, this guy's been all over the world, all over the board on ideology, especially political ideology. And also at one time, he had a good relationship with former President Donald Trump. You're going to hear from him and a couple of other people on his morning show about today, what's about to happen. But let me tell you this, we're not going to spend a lot of time on election stuff. We've got a few stories we'll talk to you about and give you some information, but we've got a busy day. Steve Baker here at the top of the next hour, and he always brings a bucket full of uh, important things to us for us to concentrate on. So we'll get set for that. Much between now and then, it's going to be a big day. Don't go anywhere, okay? Just sit tight.
greatest hits ever of the group Chicago. They sound like Chicago. And I imagine many of you said, hey, that's Chicago. It wasn't. It's that uh, group called Leonid and Friends. They're Russian. And they do all of Chicago's songs. And they're incredible. Almost without exception, you can't tell that uh, that's not Chicago, the real Chicago. But that is a wonderful song, one of my favorite of all times. Well, if you weren't at right at the top of the show, we're going to spend just a few minutes on today's primary up in New Hampshire. And then we're going to go into some really important things about other matters that have kind of got lost in the fray with all the talk about the election coming up. So let's just take a quick look at where we stand regarding what's going on in New Hampshire. Former U.N. Ambassador Nikki Haley, she held a campaign rally in Salem, New Hampshire last night. Some of the voters that Haley has attracted were registered Republicans who don't always vote Republican. Supporters of President Biden even, and never Trumpers, according to conversations that happened with nine attendees that were there from New Hampshire, Maine, and Massachusetts. One of them said this, I'm a left-leaning independent, but I'm pro-life, so neither party appeals to me. That's a 64-year-old guy from Massachusetts. And there were some other people there. It was interesting. They have a different way to handle their primary in New Hampshire. It's open. It's open. It is a Republican primary. And usually in most other scenarios, if the Republicans have a primary, it's going to be voting only for people that are registered Republicans. But they let people change just days before. It's really not days before, but it's not a long time before the primary. You can change your party affiliation, and thousands of those changes have happened through the years in New Hampshire. And we don't know quite how many did the flip for this particular election, but there was a concerted effort by the Democrats, by the Democrats, even some people that are fond of Nikki Haley. They switched their party affiliation so they could vote against Donald Trump. We know of 5,000 of those happened, probably more by now. So what will that impact over there? We may never know for sure, but we'll find out tonight. We'll have the results of that primary. They're voting all day today in New Hampshire, and it's cold and snowy up there. But this is going to tell a lot about the next few months as far as our presidential campaign. A GOP mega donor who spent big money supporting Florida Governor Ron DeSantis in his bid, he pinpoints the exact moment that DeSantis' campaign became doomed. DeSantis dropped out of the primary on Sunday. He posted a video on Next. was very gracious when he pulled out and thanked everybody. He didn't take a shot at anybody, any of his former opponents for the presidential nomination or Donald Trump. Nikki Haley, he's okay with that. He didn't go after her. But anyway, um, DeSantis was very nice when he gave that 
speech after he turned in his uh, his campaign card on Sunday. And this is going to change things. It already has. This is going to change a lot of things, according to Hal Lambert. He's the CEO of Point Bridge Capital. He's the big Republican uh, mega donor that spent so much money supporting Ron DeSantis. So when did this whole thing change? Listen to this. He said the charges in the March 2023 indictment secured by Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg, it altered the presidential campaign. He said if you look at the polling back in March, they were really close actually. And as soon as Alvin Bragg as that indictment in New York came out, the polling started to spread out. You had more pylons of other indictments, and it just never reversed. Donald Trump, people rallied around him at that point, and it became very difficult. Lambert also noted Trump benefited from his past tenure in the White House, of course. He had the incumbency, like you said. Look, you know, Ford beat Reagan back in the 70s, you know. Ford had the incumbency, and Reagan was a great candidate, but Ford beat him out. So, you know, most people running the first time they run, most of them don't win the first time. It's usually the second time around that people get to the nomination. So right now, as it stands, it's Donald Trump and Nikki Haley. And there are a lot of people that are expecting, and even about the same number of people that are telling and advising Nikki Haley, if you don't win in a dramatic fashion in this primary in New Hampshire tonight, you need to throw in the towel. This morning early, I saw an interview with her, and she was asked point blank if that was going to happen, and she basically said, heck no, I'm in. We'll see about that. I don't know if you watch much Fox News. I, um, I watch typically a little bit of the morning show in their final hour getting prepped here just to see what they have out there. But I've noticed something over the past, gosh, four or five months. Steve Ducey, who was the senior guy on the couch in Fox and Friends, and all of those people that are on the couch have been very, very conservative. But last night, Sean Hannity, who has the nighttime show, one of the nighttime shows, he commented on something that I have seen and noticed, and I just haven't said anything about it. Hannity suggested that Ducey, Steve Ducey, seems to be shifting to the left after a host questioned GOP frontrunner Donald Trump over Democrats voting in the New Hampshire primary. Hannity was on the show on Monday's edition where he jabbed Ducey over his remarks on Democrats crossing over to vote against Trump with the host having already drawn the ire of the former president. Hannity predicted last night a big win for Trump based on the crowds at his events, along with polls showing he's heading for a big victory against his last remaining rival, establishment-backed Nikki Haley. She has been getting millions of campaign dollars, listen to this, from Democrat mega-donors. Now, why would Democrat mega donors who obviously they don't want any Republican in office, certainly not Donald Trump. So how can they figure in and what's going on in today's New Hampshire primary? 
They want Nikki Haley to beat Donald Trump. They are afraid of another four years of Donald Trump. For whatever their reasons are, and they've got a pile of them, they've been giving her millions of dollars to spend on advertising. And if you lived in New Hampshire over the last couple of weeks, there are at one point reported seven different seven different handouts, I guess, or mail mail thing. You know, you get them all the time. Coming in one day to everybody registered to vote in New Hampshire. Seven of those a day. They want those mega donors. They want Nikki Haley to be the Trump slayer. So Ducey then suggested a big number among the Granite State's independents could be beneficial to Haley when voters go to the polls today. There are 300,000 Democrats, 300,000 Republicans, 400,000 independents in New Hampshire, he said. If they all show up, they're going to make a big difference, he said. It definitely is a possibility I don't happen to like. I love the people in New Hampshire. I love the state of New Hampshire. I don't like the system. Now, this is Sean Hannity talking. What they call open primary, where people, you know, they were switching in the last number of weeks from Democrat to independent so they can wreak havoc inside the Republican Party. October 6th, Ducey interjected, referring to the official cutoff date for those party switchers. Their thinking is okay if we help one candidate in this case. It would be Nikki Haley. Get over the hump then. Okay, that's more money than whoever the inevitable Republican candidate is. It seems like Trump by a long shot. I think if Trump wins by the margins we're seeing, it is over, Hannity said. I think a question for Nikki Haley, who I think ran a great campaign. Ron DeSantis ran a great campaign. All the Monday Monday morning quarterbacks don't mean a thing to me. This is Hannity talking. He went to all 99 counties. Ron did in Iowa. Ultimate retail politician, Ducey said. And he went out, he asked people for a vote. And in the other year, what he did have, 21, 22%. That would be a great showing in Iowa, but this I keep saying about Donald Trump. He defies all conventional political gravity. That's Hannity. Ducey said that's an understatement. Well, to you it is, Hannity shot back. What's happened to you, Steve? Are you moving to the left of me? What are you doing? I am screen left right now, Ducey responded, drawing a chuckle from Hannity, who added, that's true. Trump blasted the rhino, Steve Ducey live in one of his outings after the suggestion that he was misleading people with his claim about Democrats crossover to vote for Haley in New Hampshire. Unwatchable rhino Steve Ducey, Fox and Friends, which is suffering mightily from a lack of interest in ratings decline, with Steve being the principal factor, has just blurted out that I was wrong on the fact that Democrats can vote in the New Hampshire Republican primary. He was so anxious to go against me that he fell into the proverbial Trump trap, just like all others do. That was Trump tweeting that out on True Social. In actuality, 
Democrats can vote. They had to register by October 6th, but they can come in as independents and then can be Democrats. Nobody's going to know. So already we have 3,542 Democrats changed to undeclared, 408 Republicans, all of whom will be voting, and others will come as liberals or independents. Their rationale is that they're desperate to stop Trump because they don't want to run against me. They want to run against Nikki or Ron or anyone else. If an independent is a Democrat, they can vote. That's what they want to do. Fill up the roster with Democrats. So what is the left doing right now? Well, (laughs) they have pivoted. You remember, they're all in step with everything they do when it comes to Donald Trump. Everything they say. It's all coordinated. I mean, all of the networks, except Fox News, all of them, they're right in step with the Democrat Party of the day, whatever the topic is. So when a sign that the Trump as Hitler narrative has been so much of a failure, about the same as Bidenomics, Dems got to find something else. They're looking to portray Trump as too old and mentally unfit for office. Now, you got to hand it to the party of lies with their shift to the new line of attack, despite the geriatric Joe Biden's years of physical and verbal stumbles that we watch over and over and over again. Now the left has seized on the former president's verbal slip by mistakenly subbing GOP rival Nikki Haley for former Speaker Nancy Pelosi during a speech over the weekend. So Nikki Haley, she lashed out at Trump in remarks that first ended up in Biden-Harris campaign ad, and then judging from their abundant usage in the weekly talking points for Democrat operates and their winged monkeys in the media, Haley reacted to Trump's delusional and confused rant last night where he suggested that she was Speaker of the House on January 6th. He got confused. I question if he's mentally fit. Can you imagine the field at Fox News and Trump would have had had Joe Biden had gone on at length confusing Gavin Newsom with Kevin McCarthy? David Axelrod, the former advisor to Obama and political pundit, tweeted that out. Can you imagine the field day Fox News and Trump would have had if Joe Biden had gone on at length confusing Newsom with Kevin McCarthy? These are famous pundits that are licking their lips to get a shot at stopping Trump from winning the White House again. I don't agree with Nikki Haley on everything, but we agree on this one thing. She is not Nancy Pelosi. Haley certainly seems to think that she stuck electoral gold, sharing an article praising her as the fireball from the heavens who will wipe dinosaurs Trump and Biden out. Do you ever get sick of all this stuff? I do. I, I it, it 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 just gets ridiculous. 
It's so out of hand, and they never want to stop its pounding. I have never, I'm not a registered Republican. I'm a registered independent in Louisiana. Every single day, I get probably 20 to 25 of those flyers from various candidates. If you're in the voting system for whatever party you're with, they just hand your email and text information out to anybody that wants to go to them and pay whatever they're charging to get your name so that they can send or have you allow you to send whatever you want to send out. I'm getting those kind of things from people in state races that I've never heard of asking for money. This really bugs me too. I think we need to change that. I really do. So back to the far left, MSNBC, always anti-Trump, anti-Republican. On morning Joe's show, as a matter of fact, this morning, talking about today's primary, I want you to listen how these trolls are handling this New Hampshire thing. They are scared to death. Yeah, those economic arguments are getting real tough to make, and we still hear them. But when the Dow's shooting above 38,000, when you have GDP growth where it is, unemployment at historic lows, when you have consumer confidence now, that was the question, right? That the people felt, well, things cost too much, inflation is still a problem, and of course it is. But consumer confidence numbers are up. So the economic argument that under Joe Biden, the economy is a disaster, it just doesn't hold up. Donald Trump should watch CNBC once in a while. They give you these stats yeah. every day, every morning. And he even talking last night about the Joe Biden cheats. He steals elections. You talk about the John Heilman line about everything Donald Trump says is projection. Joe Biden cheats. Donald Trump led an attempted coup against the United States government around the last election. So if you live in that news world where everything Donald Trump says is true, I guess some of what he said last night would make sense. But I don't know how you explain away the raw data about where the economy is, as you said, where the military is. And when he talks about, you know, the the Nancy Pelosi mixing up with Nikki Haley, even within that bizarre bizarre rant that really should cause concern among people who love Donald Trump. He says, just making things up. You know, I offered 10,000 troops and she didn't take them. That's not true. They've destroyed all the evidence around January 6th. No, we saw it all in the hearings and we've seen them in in numerous court trials. So it's not a, it's not a particularly, (laughs) it's not a particularly uh, big revelation, Mike, that Donald Trump lies, but he's doing it with such abandon. Almost everything he says now is a lie. And also then he drifts off into these bizarre spaces where you really do have to wonder, does he have it all there? Can he do the job? I'm going to stop right there. There's more of it, but I want to stop. This, what you just heard, is now the new marching points that we are going to hear ad nauseum. Trump is mentally challenged. He doesn't have the stuff anymore. He lies all the time. By the way, (laughs) these guys don't think anybody that watches that show, they don't think anybody checks things that they say. Unemployment is barely down, but it's down from what? It's down, it's lower, and it's not because they've created jobs. 
people have just gone back to work where they were laid off from COVID. They don't tell you that. And then there was the the bit that he said about Donald Trump lying about all the January 6th stuff. That there was no there there. That's a lie. That's the lie. One is that the 10,000 National Guard troops that Trump tried to get the National Guard, uh, the general that's over all the National Guard in the U.S., they said he asked for 10,000 National Guard troops to be there. And they said, this general said, who's a Democrat, by the way, he said, we've got to reach out to the House Speaker because she and her counterpart in the Senate, they're over everything that happens in the Capitol building. They reached out in writing to Nancy Pelosi, and she said no. Her excuse was, we don't want we don't want to let this look like a military thing. We don't want people to see all of these military members around the Capitol grounds. And they said, of course, you just heard the guy say, that's a lie. Those are their talking points. There's not very much to them. But they're lying, accusing others, Donald Trump specifically, of lying. And they're just getting started. You know, I'm wondering how many people who see that, see that tape or see clips of him, and it's nearly every day that you can put something like that on, wonder about the stress that Donald Trump lives under hour by hour by hour. All the court cases, the court appearances, which, as Joe points out accurately, he uses as campaign appearances outside the courtroom. But the stress of that and the back, the knowledge that's in his head that he is liable to be convicted on at least one of these major charges, the Jack Smith case in Washington, the January 6th case. He is liable to be convicted by that jury. That's going to be an enormous strain on him. It affects the way he talks about things. But the big thing about the way he talks about things, he talks about the past. This is a presidential election. People in this state, in every state, every American who votes or thinks about voting wonders about one thing. Where are we going? Where are you going to take us? What's the impact of your presidency going to be on my children Mm. next year, in the years that follow? Where are we headed? Donald Trump does not tell you. That's a lie. I hear Donald Trump numerous times, over and over and over. He talks about what he's going to do the first few days. He's going to change three big deals on day one that he'll be able to do. Number one, we will begin the process to close the southern border immediately. He has said over and over and over again, his administration will, pursuant to the Constitution and the federal immigration laws that are in place, they will start immediate mass deportation of those who are in the United States illegally. And then what's the third? He's going to open back up the oil and gas industry that is almost solely responsible for our economic woes, at least at the beginning of the Biden administration. There's a whole lot of factors, more factors than those that are weighing in now. And listen, did you hear what this guy said about inflation? We don't have inflation. We did, but it's down. Experts tell us every week it's down. 
That's a lie. The truth is, it's down from where Joe took us. It's come down from there, but we're still not even close to what inflation was, how low it was under Donald Trump. These guys don't care. They don't think any of us know anything. And the only reason I ever flip over there is just like I did early this morning to hear what they're saying. Where he wants to take you. He tells you what happened to him personally from his point of view. The election was robbed. It was stolen. It's rigged. Tune him out. Yeah, and Mika, to bring it back here to New Hampshire, when you listen to Nikki Haley at her event, Mike and I were there last night, she is talking about all those things. She's talking about taking care of the veterans. She's talking about how our school kids aren't at reading levels they need to be. These are all almost in the Republican Party quaint notions to care about voters, to care about people, to change their lives and make them better when all of the rest of the conversation is about Donald Trump's personal trials and about what's happening to him and why there's this great conspiracy to bring him down. To talk about the issues almost seems beside the point in this party. And to, and to the, the tremendously valid point that, Joe, you raised earlier about the Republican Party, the MAGA Republican Party, it's as if it started with a virus and it grew into an infection that is now going to collapse and destroy the existing Republican Party that you were once a part of. You can just see it. You can sense it among people, especially the Trump people. I mean, their view of life, their view of politics is completely altered by the maniacal rhetoric of what we just saw, a former president of the United States who clearly is losing it. You can see that he's clearly losing it. But the hold, the grip he has on that party is slowly but surely destroying what what we once thought was a great political party. I'm done with them. What you just heard is the denigration of every American. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't know whether your background is, where you came from, what you do, where you live, what state. None of it matters to these hardcore sycophants. They despise you. 70 million plus despise you and have labeled you as being unworthy of even sharing breathing with those uppity folks that think they've got all the knowledge. These people, with impunity, lie again and again and again. And they're doing everything within their power. But remember this, they're just getting started. They will do anything and everything that is necessary to stop Donald Trump from being elected because they know the stuff you just heard about Donald Trump, what he did for the people. It was never about the people, this guy said. It's always about Donald Trump. When you hear Democrats pontificating politically, listen to what they say. And let me tell you where 90 plus percent of the time, that's my uh, test or poll, it may be 80, it may be 99 But however much of the time they go back after Donald Trump and they accuse him of doing all these wrong things and having these debilitating mental issues, they haven't looked at what their guy has been and getting worse. I watch Donald Trump. I mean, when there's an election going on, everybody watches in bits and pieces the election information. Donald Trump is fine mentally and physically, and he proved in four years, he proved he could do it all. 
Nobody I know, nobody I know at any age could handle the stuff that has been thrust at him to try to keep him from running for office even. And these sycophants, they just keep diminishing. No facts. None of that matters. Whatever they say, that's all that matters. And they say a lot, don't they? Introducing the all-new Infiniti QX60. Take on life in style. I'm a Verizon engineer, and today we're turning on 5G across the country, including right here in New York City. With the coverage of 5G nationwide and in more and more cities, the unprecedented performance of ultra-wideband. It will change your phone and how businesses do everything. I'm proud because we didn't build it the easy way. We built it right. This is the 5G America's been waiting for. Only from Verizon. 5G Ultra Wideband available only in parts of select cities. 5G Nationwide available in 1,800 plus cities. Could switching to GEICO really save you 15% or more on car insurance? Did the little piggy cry wee, wee, wee all the way home? You're home. Oh, cool. Thanks, Mrs. A. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Here's a footnote to that last segment that we did. James, a good friend of this show, he texted in, said, I saw Trump the other night on TV. He's definitely not looking his best as far as his appearances go. He looked very tired. I can't imagine all the crap he's going through. But James said, I believe he still can do it. And then he sent me a third text when you just heard those guys bashing Trump. And I'm going to quote James. They're so full of crap. Who wouldn't be tired with his schedule? Do you realize that almost seven days a week, he's at a different location, sometimes geographically thousands of miles away from where he was the night before? And in most cases, when he's doing and appearing at the these latest spate of trials, he goes and does the trial and then gets on his plane and flies somewhere and does a rally, gets back on the plane and flies back to the next day's court hearings. I think he can do a whole lot more than these guys think he can do. And I believe most Americans do too. The denigration of everybody that's a Republican, by they, they won't even call you Republicans anymore. If you're a Republican, you're a MAGA, mega Republican. 
They've got to put a name on it so they can slur us, turn it into what they're saying into a slur and then use it again and again and again. And every one of them, they parrot it every time they get up to diminish or try to diminish Donald Trump and his supporters. I don't know what's going to happen. I really don't. I think anybody that says today this is what's going to happen, the outcome of Donald Trump, the election, Joe Biden, all of that. It's all speculation. There are so many moving parts in the air over the United States right now. Nobody can get them all right when you start laying them out, talking about what's going to happen. It's impossible. We can't do that. We don't even talk about much of the stuff that's going on in Europe today. I believe we're getting closer every day to Russia intervening into this mess in Ukraine. Well, they're fighting already, Dan. I'm not talking about just fighting. I'm talking about getting really, really into it, winning, doing anything and everything they can to eliminate any pushback they're experiencing in Ukraine. They're calling it a countdown to conflict with Putin. The nations around Ukraine, Norway's defense chief, has become the latest military figure to warn all of Europe that Europe has three years at most to prepare for war with Russia. Eric Christofferson said NATO countries have two, maybe three years to get ready. He warned that Russia has ramped up its military supplies faster than expected with help from Iran and North Korea and that Europe must be ready. In this warning, two to maybe three years, if you lived over there, if you lived in those those nations around Russia on the left and the northwest side, you've got a lot of experience with dealing with Vladimir Putin and all of his mess and the way he operates and functions. But you're watching something now. And this is, this thing, this invasion of Ukraine is something that a lot of people over here were afraid was going to happen because they felt like there would probably, for sure possibly, but probably be a growing situation that would expand the Ukraine thing into the Western countries in Europe. Now, these pontifications came as secret plans were leaked showing that Germany is already preparing for Putin's forces to attack NATO as early as 2025, next year. And after a senior NATO general said the alliance was preparing for such a scenario to happen within 20 years. I kind of like it. I wish it would be 20 years. I don't think Putin's going to be around then. But other experts are saying next year. Speaking to NTB, Norway's press agency, Christofferson pointed out Moscow has built up its military stockpiles for quick, far quicker than expected. With his invasion in Ukraine, it, it, now it seems to be at a stalemate. Putin has also switched his economy onto a war footing, meaning weapons, man, factories, are producing arms around the clock in Russia. What's more, Putin's allies in Iran and North Korea, they're propping his forces up, sending them arms, meaning Russia can build up its defenses faster 
than previously thought. Analysts believe the despot intends to outlast Ukraine, which is relying heavily on support from its allies, particularly us, before setting his sights beyond Ukraine's western borders with the Baltic states in particular under threat right now. But Norway also shares a border with Russia at Europe's most northern point and is vital to the continent's defense strategy against Putin. Russia has increased production significantly, Christofferson said. They've also collaborated with countries like Iran and North Korea, which means that we can get a faster buildup of Russia defense than what is envisioned just last year, he said. So we must use the time well now to strengthen our own defense. We don't like to talk about it over there. It's far, far away from us, we think. But Russia, every nuclear country on the planet can lob a nuke at the United States and the longest it would take for those nukes from wherever, Central Russia, 17 minutes to get here. That's pretty quick, isn't it? Well, what's left, Dan? How about Joe Biden? You hear anything coming out on his campaign other than his press secretary, Corinne Jean-Pierre, every day she pontificates about all the good things this president has done. President Biden's campaign released a new attack ad this, I guess, yesterday trying to blame former President Trump for the overturning of Roe v. Wade as the Biden-Harris ticket seeks to make the abortion issue front and center during this campaign. The ad features Dr. Austin Denard, an OBGYN and mother of three in Dallas, who says she was forced to leave the state of Texas to get an abortion after a routine ultrasound. She learned that the fetus would have a fatal condition and that there was absolutely no chance of survival. Having this beautiful, messy, chaotic, but wonderful family, it's the joy of my life, she says. I never thought I would need an abortion for a planned pregnancy, but I did. Two years ago, I became pregnant with a baby I desperately wanted. In Texas, you're forced to carry that pregnancy, and that's because of Donald Trump overturning Roe v. Wade. Donald Trump didn't overturn Roe v. Wade. I know leftists, they feel like their party can do anything they want to do. Most of the conservatives that call themselves independents or Republicans, they understand, yeah, this government does anything they want to do, but they can't get into declaring duly passed bills by Congress. They can't overturn them. Donald Trump can't overturn them. Now, I know they've seen and watched now twice, two very big times, Joe Biden has ignored explicit decisions brought by the United States Supreme Court and gone ahead and done what they told him not to do. And when confronted with it, he giggled And he said this, 
oh, I know, it'll, it'll be court-tested again, but that's going to take a long time. That'll take years. And between now and then, we'll go ahead and be able to do anything and everything we want for that time. That's the guy that's leading the most powerful country on earth right now. Steve Baker is going to be here in about 12 minutes. You don't want to miss him. Meanwhile, the Supreme Court rejected an appeal from former Hunter Biden's business partner regarding a criminal conviction. You've heard about this guy quite a bit. Devin Archer, he served on Ukrainian energy company Burisma's board along with Hunter, previously lost an appeal before the high court. A federal judge sentenced Archer to prison in 2018 for allegedly defrauding an Indian tribe by fraudulently issuing $60 million in tribal bonds after he was convicted by a jury. But his conviction was thrown out late 2018 by U.S. District Judge Ronnie Abrams in Manhattan because she was left with an unwavering concern that Archer is innocent of the crimes charged. That sounds to me like a Democrat philosophy. You got a Democrat judge. You put pressure on a Democrat judge, you get stuff like this happening. He was convicted by a jury of his peers. And this district judge, Ronnie Adams, female Ronnie Adams, overturned what the lower court said because she was left with an unwavering concern that Archer is innocent of the crimes chart. It's not your place. You could have at least given all of America the reason, the specific reasons you think it's okay for you to do that unilaterally. You know, we're watching the media be weaponized by the left against anybody and everybody that are conservatives. They're not supposed to be able to do that. We have an unfettered First Amendment right to free speech. You may not like what we say, but that's the way it rolls. We may not like what you say, but that's what the First Amendment takes care of. The left have used the Department of Justice to weaponize itself against everyday Americans. So, by this judge and others that are looking at every Supreme Court issue that comes up, any case, any um, release of determination by this court, if it doesn't go the left's way, they go after the court, they name names, they threaten. They're doing everything they can to weaponize the Department of Justice against conservatives. And I'm not a conspiracy theorist, not at all. It's happening. Steve Baker's facing it right now. He'll give us a little information about it when he gets here. But the DOJ is threatening to create a reason for going ahead and arresting and imprisoning him right now. It's getting to look more and more like for everybody on the left that wants big government that's controlled by an authoritarian group of people to take total access and control away from anybody who disagrees with them. And they want to be making every single decision for you and I forever. 
And I brought this up because of what that judge said. I wanted you to hear that. So here's another little issue similar to that I'll tell you about. The group that is involved in Trump 2024 ballot challenges is now emboldened, and they're targeting other people that have been accused of either committing crimes on January 6th or involved in any of those things that have January 6th ties. So what's going on with this? Well, it's got a name. I want you to remember this name. Citizens for Responsibility and Ethics in Washington. The progressive $10 million nonprofit organization is trying to move Donald Trump from primary ballots. They're spending all kind of money in various states at the state level. They've also been working to remove other politicians from office or from getting on the ballot through its self-described aggressive legal action. Citizens for Responsibility has argued that anybody connected to the January 6th events at the U.S. Capitol should not hold office because they allegedly violated Section 3 of the 14th Amendment to the United States Constitution. The amendment states that if somebody had previously taken an oath to support the Constitution and then engages in the insurrection or rebellion, they may not hold civil or military office. Crew is representing plaintiffs in a legal case calling for Trump to be removed from ballots in Colorado. One of their board members and former U.S. Representative Claudine Schneider is a plaintiff in the case. It also filed amicus briefs in cases in Maine, Michigan, and Minnesota. Not only against Trump, Crew is going after other conservatives seeking or currently holding office, trying to bruise their reputations. In some cases, they're even forcing them into court. So just using the backdrop of January 6th, Crew has cast a wide net reaching into Congress and state and local governments in at least 15 states, calling for the permanent removal of lawmakers and the prevention of certain candidates from ever getting on a ballot. Now, what do we hear every day from all of these people on the left that have access to a television or a microphone Donald Trump is destroying our democracy. How many times have you heard that? He's going to, if he's elected, he's going to destroy our democracy. Well, they want every American to believe, and the reason you hear that over and over again, Trump destroy democracy. Republicans destroy democracy. That's all they want to do. The part of democracy that they want permanently is not constitutionally part of our government. We don't have a Democrat election. We don't. We don't have a Democrat government. We have a government, it still is, at least for now, government of the people, by the people, and for the people, but it's a representative republic. That means the people elect those we choose to represent us in the government. So what is this all about? They're attacking 
anybody, as they always do, I've told you this again and again, when Democrats attack anybody on the right, you can bet they're already involved in what they're alleging that is going on in Republicans. They're already doing it or they're planning to do it almost every time. They want a democracy so that they can do away with the Electoral College. What would that do, Dan? We're still a democracy. We vote, yeah. But a democracy means you do away with the Electoral College. That means everybody has a vote. Everybody has a vote. So isn't that the way it's supposed to be, Dan? No. Our forefathers knew that if and when that happened in a pure democracy, we were going to class around large cities and areas on both coasts. Those would be and have been most populated states in our nation. Right now, if we didn't have an electoral college, a candidate for federal office, national office, could win that race by only 13 states voting for them. 13. It starts with the obvious. California, Texas, New York, Illinois. There are enough people there, far more people than the other states. They don't need and don't want the representative republic part of a democracy. And they're screaming that every day. They're not telling people. Here's the results that would happen if we do away with the Electoral College. They don't want to talk about it, obviously, because they don't want us to know what they're really up to. Wow. We're going to take a break. On the other side of this, Steve Baker joins us live from Dallas. You don't want to miss this. Sit tight. Oh, and by the way, there's more stuff on the other side of Steve being here. Some things that are really important. We need to dig into them. So I'm going to ask you to stay with us for sure. I know you're busy. You can't hang on here for two hours every day. But this part coming up of the hour coming up, you need to be here and what we have after that segment. It's Tuesday. It's election day in New Hampshire. We'll be right back. He'll never let you fall to the lies. Your bulwark against the tide of fake news. Dan Newman, TNN, the Truth News Network. Lowe's knows you're a craftsman guy. You have a lot of tools. Tools for everything you've done around the house. But there's the moment you realize... Your new project means new tools. When tool guys need new tools, they start with Lowe's. The new home of Craftsman. Hello? Hello, sir. I hear you having problems putting together your new kitchen unit. Oh, yeah, uh, the instructions say that. What now? The instruction manual. It makes absolute... Stop reading that. Well, what would you suggest I use? I suggest you use the fact you're a man. Huh? Guys who got pride never relied on no guide, sucker. I'll give you some step-by-step instructions. <laughs> Buy Snickers, remove wrapper, bite chocolate, and get some nuts. Go to getsomenuts.tv for more Snickers man coaching. In a world of weapons-grade stupidity... 
Your defense is the truth. TNN, the Truth News Network. Do you know how hard it is to dig out the truth? Not so much that you can't find the facts, but just they keep us so busy. There's so much wrongdoing going on. And as the segment before we took the break, we were talking about the demands for stopping Donald Trump because he's going to destroy the democracy. He's not. He's the one that wants to keep it just like it is, a representative republic where every American either has a vote themselves, but the representative republic part of the democracy that we live in, our forefathers set it up so that it's not person by person. It's state by state. And the big states, they control a lot of things, but in a pure democracy, and there are democracies on earth, every issue has to be voted on individually. We don't want to go there. That would destroy our democracy. Joining us now from Big D, Steve, Steve Baker. How you doing, buddy? Hey, man, I'm good. I'm really good. I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I'm looking out the window here at the... the the uh, big uh, Blaze Studios, or what they call Mercury Mercury One Studios, and and what's really funny about that is I was uh, when I walked into the studio this morning early, and of course it's a big, it's a huge complex. I had heard a rumor that Glenn Beck just bought the Mercury Seven space capsule and had it back in the back warehouse. Wow! Like, oh no, there's just no no way. So I went straight back there. And, yep, I took some pictures <laughs> he really did that's nuts i can't so, imagine that yeah so mercury one studios now has the mercury seven spacecraft in the, in, <laughs> in the warehouse <laughs> i gotta see that yeah. that's gotta be cool yeah i'll send you the photo okay on another note the things that resulted in the story that you wrote and we published here your lawyers basically drew a line with the DOJ telling them not to cross the red line or else. Some of our audience probably hasn't heard. Tell us what's going on with that as much as you can. Yeah, as much as I can uh, is a lot. I mean, we could spend a couple of hours on it. I know you and I don't want to do that, and, and I hope that your audience doesn't. <laughs> have a mind to sit through that discussion. Probably but the not. point being is, is that, yeah, but, but the point being is that I um, basically received uh, through sources that they were, when I said, when I say they, the government, the department of justice intended to go ahead and ratchet up whatever it was that they were going to charge me with. And they still haven't told, they haven't told any of my attorneys. They've certainly not told me, um, they, they won't reveal it through FBI or through our um, assistant U.S. attorney who has my case. They're just not talking to us. But as your audience knows and, and that have followed this, they have been threatening me now for two and a half years, Dan, two and a half years. And so with the latest intel that we got, that my attorneys decided to convene, some of them actually flew to Dallas here. A couple of my attorneys are here in Dallas, and they uh, otherwise got on the Zoom Zoom calls, and they just decided, as you said, to draw a line in the sand and say, 
if you're going to do this, do it. But if you do, you're going to have a fight on your hands. We're going to stand this list of attorneys who signed this um, press release that we put out yesterday morning have, have basically thrown the gauntlet down to the DOJ. Um, you know, we have a, we have a colloquialism, which I can't say on, on the air right now, but it's, you know, it's do something or get off the pot. <laughs> and that's, I think I've and, heard the, and, the other version of that a few times. <laughs> right, right, right. And so that's essentially what they have said. And look, I, I, Dan, I, I still say the same thing I say every day. Lord, let this cup pass from me. This is a fight I don't want. It is not anything that is attractive to me in the least. But if they do this, it's going to be the biggest First Amendment case with the most publicity that we have seen in this country in a generation because the the lawyers are absolutely salivating over this. Now, you know, they they're lawyers. They you know, they like courtroom time. They you know, they're 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 licking their chops at the opportunity to get in here and, and, and fight this fight and do what they do. Like, you know, and, and they kind of laugh about it with me on the Zoom calls. You know, it's like, why, why are we so excited about this? And you're not, Steve. <laughs> and and well, obviously they know why. You know, you know it's, it's, it's all done in jest and humor. But this is a fight that they want because they want to be able to show the country how corrupt, how weaponized – this Department of Justice has become, and if I end up having to be the focal point of that um, that battle, then you know, then so be it. But let's get let's get, let's get this done, and let's decide that you are going to do this or not, and that way I can go on with my life. I, you know, it's it's that it's not really because it's not my decision, but it's that same place of being in that that that. Um, valley of decision when you're in that valley you you don't know what's on the other side of either hill and that's where they have me right now so every single day there's that uncertainty about what my life is going to be like tomorrow or surely if they do press charges what my life is going to be like for the next couple of years as the legal battle takes place and then depending upon what the charges are um where it goes from there um does it mean Prison time? Uh, I, we, you know, we we don't know. We don't know if I'm facing the four basic misdemeanors. I don't know if they've come up with some "show me the man, I'll show you the crime" felony. Um, but until until they either tell us or they leave us alone and say we've decided not to move forward, then we don't know. So that's why the attorneys threw the gauntlet. And you know, I, I, I'm getting incredible amount of. Uh, praise and compliments for what the, what the attorneys wrote and what they put together. So if it's on your website, I encourage everybody to go, go check it out or they can go to my, my Twitter, uh, or X, um, page and see it there. We, we published both the, uh, uh, the article that came out last week. We posted the letter yesterday. We did it right. We waited till nine o'clock central time to release it. You told us to. I guess the lawyers told us to, but everybody has seen or yes. heard it. If any of you haven't seen it, it's on yesterday's front page at truthnewsnet.org. Truthnewsnet.org. Make sure you go see it and read it. It tells a lot. Let me circle back and ask you this question. I want to point something out. I think it clears the air for a lot of us 
the DOJ handling this the way they're handling it, using the process they're using. And none of us believe that their delay, delay, delay is not a weapon that they're using against you. They're using fear to try to get you so scared that you'll come in and just bow and say, look, I can't handle this anymore. Let's try to work out something. Um, That is not unusual, but it's becoming pretty much the rule of thumb as all of these J6 uh, investigations turning into indictments and trials or threatened trials. I think that's the key weapon they're using. And if they can keep you wondering and being fearful, which you got to be, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm like you in many ways. I'm a little older than you, but we don't want to ever get in a battle with the federal government because they got way deeper no. pockets than we do and a lot of power. Do you well, they've, they've got deeper pot. They've got deeper pockets, but they also have the game rigged right now. You see, and this is this, when your readers read this um, uh, press release, you'll notice that at the last paragraph, really throws down the gauntlet and they challenge the government to say, okay, if you really believe that you have a solid case against my client, our clients, for whatever reason and for whatever those charges might be, then let's try that case either in his hometown of, uh, you know, the district there in uh, central North Carolina, or let's try it in the Northern district of, um, of Texas where he works out of the blaze. And let's, let's do this thing because the game is rigged in DC. The January six, the January six cases in DC, Dan, have a ninety nine point seven five percent conviction rate right now. Wow! Do you hear that? And and outside, so of now this this is by way of comparison, the same district court, all other types of crimes, non J six related, it's about sixty five percent. So, I mean, what does that impossible. tell you? What does that tell you? Well, it's political. Yeah. That's what it tells you. Yeah. It's because when you have what is, in fact, a political crime, and you're trying that political crime in front of a jury who 92.5% of the jury pool voted for Biden, it's, it's, it's a fait accompli. So you think the and odds are stacked? <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it's, I mean, it, it's stacked by the numbers yeah. and, and we know, and we know this even from, from polling back in the, back in the first Oath Keepers trial, there was a scientific poll about one of that. I don't remember which agency it was at this time or which uh, polling service it was, but they asked the voters in DC, the registered voters in DC, um, how many of them believed that the Oath Keepers were guilty of what they charged were charged with? And it came back at 95.5% of the D.C. voting pool said that the Oath Keepers were guilty. Outside of the Beltway, it was 60%. And so, obviously, the government was not going to take that chance oh my of God. even trying that case in Virginia. Yeah, They had to get a conviction in that case. And so there was no way, and that's why not a single change of motion, um, I mean, change of venue motion has been granted uh, in January six cases, regardless of the overwhelming evidence of a tainted jury pool. And so 
so that's why my attorneys threw down the gauntlet in this particular uh, press release and say, not only are you going to have a fight on your hands, but let's, hey, if you think you guys are so good and it's so solid, let's let's uh, let's fight in another arena somewhere, one, and then let's show the rest of the world. One 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 question before we switch topics here: Is there anything your attorneys can do to force their hand? I think the point of that press release was our first effort to do that. The second effort is happening Thursday. I don't have all of the details yet, but all of my attorneys are flying to the Dallas. Uh, we are going to do a live press conference on Thursday afternoon here in Dallas. A location um, is still to be determined. Uh, and that, a lot of that has to do with the weather front that's over us right now. We wanted to do it uh, live outside at Daly Plaza. <laughs> and I'll, I'll just let the significance of that sink in. For those um, of you that don't know, there was, a, there was a famous American president that was assassinated there, JFK. So, so we, um, much of my work today will be to get that solidified and then the publicity will be out. So we encourage any of your, uh, uh, you know, Northern Central Texas um, listeners, anybody from East Texas or Shreveport, to uh, pay attention and pay really close attention to um, to the announcement of where and when this will be. And hopefully we can have a lot of people come out and, and see this. Uh, my attorneys will be speaking myself um, and uh, we will uh, of course have the blaze cameras there and other media as well as we, as we put this out. So that's, that will be round two. And, and that's what we're trying to do, Dan, exactly that. We're trying to say, let's do this or you guys make a decision that it's just not worth it. And, and by the way, give us permission to say that. I mean, yeah, it'll look like a victory on our part, but, but dang it. Why do I have to go and wait another two years until the statute of limitation runs out? It's five years after January 6, 2021, before the statute of limitation expires. And so are you going to leave? You've, you've left me in limbo for over two years now, the first time that they said that they were going to charge me within a week, that's the exact quote from the assistant U.S. attorney that had my case at the time. Your client is going to be charged within the week. That was November 17th, 2021. And then they disappeared, Dan, for 20 months. We never heard from him again. Well, Until we got the grand jury subpoena last August. That's that's what this is all about. The, that's the whole gist of what your lawsuit would be about. Violation of our First Amendment rights. And mm -hmm. the, they're using it and weaponizing it against you. And just to note here before we move on, depending on the timing and the final details that come out in the preparation for that, TNN Live will be there, and we will. It's not going to be during the 9 to 11 a.m. time slot, but we will record it live and play it back for you the next show that we do when we get together. I want a lot of the people that are listening today to stay tuned because as soon as they get the exact time and location nailed down, we want people from Shreveport. I'll be there, but we want 
people, other people from Shreveport being there for this. This is a monumental attack on your First Amendment rights. Look at all around us. Look at the things we talk about, of people being shut up and just denigrated. And now we've they've morphed it, the DOJ has morphed it into people committing misdemeanors and cutting deals to make them plead guilty so they can point to J6th and anybody that was there that acted a little crazy. I'm not talking about the hardcore ones that were there that were there purposely to do evil things and did. I'm talking about people like good friends of ours, mine and Steve's, from right here in Shreveport that just wanted to go see the transition of the government and to see how Election Day and the confirmation of the votes that the uh, Congress does, how that works. They were there. That was their only crime if it was a crime. And they're turning it into a crime for people other than Steve. He's different. Let's. I, I want to respect your time. How <laughs> I want to respect your time. There are a couple of other big things I want to get your opinion on. We don't talk much, you and I, on the air about the war on the southern border and what's going on down there. We played, I guess, early in the show today, a live segment of this morning's show on MSNBC. And they went postal talking about two things about Donald Trump. And I heard it yesterday on another news outlet. They lost the thing. Everything they've thrown at Donald Trump, they've lost so far and don't have any quivers in their arrows, uh, arrows in their quiver like this one thing. They talked about Trump is showing his physical and mental acuity being diminished. And they used a couple of instances. And they said he sounds and looks very tired. It's like he has real problems. I mean, they spent five minutes talking about that. There were three of them that were doing it. And then they launched into the lie, lie, lie. If you watch Donald Trump, he lies more than ever. And they went on to compare specific things that Joe Biden's administration has done. Of course, they phrase them very differently than factual and then compared those with Trump. Trump is not telling voters what he's going to do if he's elected. Now, come on down. I I don't ever remember seeing him doing anything without telling people that. They were taking the position that he's making it all about him. If those are the only weapons they have, um, I, I, I don't know where this is going to end up going. Somebody... I'm not even going to mention their name, on the air talked about desperation may take over these Democrat sycophants around the nation and somebody might be do something stupid. I actually heard on The View where Whoopi made this statement. She said, wouldn't it have been wonderful if one loyal German citizen had taken... Adolf Hitler out before he got power. <laughs> yes. I mean, yes. Is, is that the only, uh, it, that's the only bullets they have in their gun? <laughs> well, I mean, the, the, you know, the insinuations uh, continue about the, somebody needs to take Trump out. Of course, they've been doing this for years. Doesn't matter if it's Kathy Griffin holding up a, you know, a, a dead <laughs> bloody yeah. beheaded head of Trump or, or if it was, um, uh, you know, what's Madonna saying that, you know, 
he needed to be taken out or, um, oh gosh, what's the guy that played the, uh, the pirate, you know, uh, that said that when was the last time an actor, you know, assassinated a president? I mean, it, th- these guys continue to say that. And then you have George Soros's son saying, you know, putting out this photo of a bullet through a window. Did you see that one? No, I didn't. So this is, this is George Soros's son posted on X a photo of it's a meme of a bullet shattered glass and next to it is a handful of American currency that totals $47. Are you making the connection? Oh yeah. That's what Trump will be. If he's elected, he will, he'll be uh, Trump 45 slash 47. Yeah, that's right. And so this is, this is, very overt, but obviously, back to your original point about uh, these uh, commentators making um, these statements about Trump looking tired and his mental acuity is fading. What in the world are they doing ignoring <laughs> the obvious elephant in the room, which is the, the decrepit old man in the White House who can't find his way off of the stage? who exits helicopters and airplanes doesn't know where to go. Even though the limousine is sitting 10 feet from him, he has to have a military officer come over and take him by the hand and say, uh, sir, it's, it's this way. Um, and then they pump him with whatever drugs and vitamins that they can get into him so he can go make a speech and then take him back home to, to his ice cream and his nap time. And, and they're wanting to, uh, start start this look, Dan. I don't want I don't want any eighty year old holding the you know the, as the leader of the free world. That's but that's me. You know that's my opinion, and that's where I'm at. But if we have to take a choice between the two, there is no choice, not for anybody with any sense. Um, but but look, we're not we're not looking at a military dictator in. Donald Trump. We're not looking at somebody who's been suddenly going to start imprisoning all of the left-wing journal- journalists. I mean, they're, this is projection on steroids from the left. They are literally advocating, as both both subtly and overtly, that somebody needs to take Trump out. If we can't take him out through the court system, then somebody needs to take him out with a bullet. They're saying it, they're making memes about it, and the suggestion and why and, and Dan, you you tell me, why would they why would they even make these subtle references? Do you have an answer to that? Oh yeah. They're calling up a crew. They're calling on their followers to listen to what they're saying, and without coming out and actually saying it, they're telling them it's okay if you do it. We're all we're all in it with you. Because somebody out there is mentally disturbed enough to think that, oh, this is my mission. This is what I have been called to. This is what I have been put on this planet to do, and they're going to be convinced of that in their head, and they're going to make that attempt. I believe it will because that's because that's what every single one of these assassins are. They're mentally disturbed, and they think that this is the the, the divine um, uh, order that they have 
to fulfill whatever lack, whatever there is that's lacking in their life. This is what's going to, you know, seal their place in the universe. Let me ask you a question, and, and, then, and then, then I'm gonna, I'm gonna go to the second part of this. How do you think? Uh, I'm just gonna throw a name out. How do you think Nancy Pelosi would feel if somebody she knew that was well thought of in the Democrat ranks actually came in and said, I need to talk to you about something. I've been working on this plan and then presented a detailed plan of how that person would take Donald Trump out or any president. But in in this particular one, it's obviously would be Democrats that would, if anybody was going to be all in for getting rid of him, it would be Democrats who do you think would be the I, first person Nancy Pelosi called? You you think it'd be Merrick Garland? <laughs> <laughs> well, in in a in a sensible world, yes. the first person you call would be the head of the Secret Service. Yeah, yeah. Because that who that is who is still you know all ex presidents have. Um, full-time for the rest of their lives, secret service protection. And that first call should be to that person to alert them and warn them that that's what's happening. But, but, but I think that in the world that we're in right now, especially with the electronic surveillance that is available and the fact that they are all being watched and listened to as well, because let me tell you something, it doesn't matter who's in control and who's in power. I guarantee you that Nancy Pelosi's comms are monitored just as much and probably more than mine are right now. And, and so I think that what would really happen in that scenario is that Pelosi would immediately and vocally, visibly in every other way, disavow that conversation. She would put the vocal kibosh on what was ever proposed to her in that moment. But that's why that, but that's why Dan, they're doing it more subtle. That's why they're doing it through memes. That's why they're doing it through suggestions, through entertainers. And that's why they're doing it in these uh, much more subtle ways through news programs and that sort of thing, because they're seeding that idea. Not so, not so they don't have their fingerprints on it. Does that make sense? They don't want that. Yeah. There's too many ways to get caught up in that situation. And, and once your fingerprint is on that, then you're, you, you've always got the potential then of that, of, of that being outed, um, especially, especially because pendulum swing and, and different people get access and control over those tapes happened with January 6th. Look, we went two years after January 6th with no access to this capital CCTV. Uh, McCarthy or the, the Republicans took control of the uh, House, and as a result, and as a result of McCarthy's speakership, I was able to get into that Capitol CCTV viewing room. And as a result of that, things are now being published that they don't want to see. They're embarrassed, and the same thing happens in, in a situation like that with Pelosi. That's why. I, that's why I think that that would be a conversation she would not want to have. There is a call now, and we're switching uh, topics here. But there is a call now from people on the left, even louder and more consistent than ever before, about 
going after the Republican Party, GOP. The single reason for our southern border not being blocked or being protected is because the GOP will not give the White House more money so they can take the steps that they need to do to take care of this. It resonates on Democrats' ears only, but nobody else. And I, I, I'm really getting upset because I have not heard a single Republican in these committee hearings in the House and the Senate, and even doing interviews when they're asked about the southern border stuff, I've not heard a single one of them say, we could stop it. The United States could stop it with one piece that would be uh, shared around to Democrats, a talking point, and it would be this. We can shut the southern border if one person writes a note to the Department of Homeland Security and says, shut the border, and we will begin to prosecute anyone that comes across that border without a valid reason. If not doing that, returning them immediately to the country they came from. That's the law. I've not heard any Republican get up in any Democrat's face and say that one thing. Joe Biden, Alejandro Mayorkas, Homeland Security Secretary, they're purposely committing federal acts that are illegal and prosecutable yes. by suborning yes. that. Nobody will come out and say that. Well, you just did, Dan, <laughs> and you're absolutely correct. And let me look, let me let me tell you something. This action or this decision, this five four ruling by the Supreme Court, which was joined by Barrett and Roberts, and of course we we can't count on Roberts for anything, to tell Texas that they have to remove this or allow the border agents to remove this uh, razor wire down there is is I, I, I don't there's no other way to say it. Who bought them off? What do they have on Roberts and Barrett? What 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 is it that would allow a, a person at that level in our government? The, I mean it's it, we 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 are we have three branches of government and the Supreme Court, those nine justices are as high as you can get in that branch, ostensibly maybe the most powerful branch of all of them. Because ultimately everything that Congress and the executive branch bicker about and fight about and file lawsuits about always end up, always ultimately ends up on the Supreme Court's docket. Yeah. So they had the last say on almost everything. And for them to make that ruling that when a state whose rights are supposed to be in almost every case and in every way superior supreme to the federal governments their right to protect themselves against an actual invasion taking place on their own border is just mind-boggling and incomprehensible to me 
And I will be, I don't think I'm going to have the time today, but I have got to study this ruling. I got, to, I, got I just have to know for my, for my own sanity and understand what their, um, uh, what their basis for this was. But let, I will tell you, listen, I want to, I want to tell you what it's got to be. I, I, I'm going to do the same thing. I'm waiting for the ruling to be uh, posted, but it could only be this. Constitutionally, the federal government has sole authority over policing our borders, and that's constitutional. Um, I think they're going to say the only acceptable step that Texas should take against the Biden administration on this is to actually file suit against them for it specifically and then request, and they would probably get it, an expedited hearing before the U.S. Supreme Court that could straighten it out. There is no legislation whatsoever that I know of that authorizes any state to take the actions that Texas did. Although most every American agrees what they did because they want enforced federal immigration laws. None of this would be happening if they would do just that. We don't need any more money spent there. Just do what you swore an oath you were going to do. Every sheriff, every constable, every local police officer, every state trooper, and every Texas Ranger has a constitutional mandate to arrest prisoners. I mean, arrest um, illegals of any type, breaking any law. But the problem is, is that if any of those authorities in Texas make those arrests of people illegally crossing the border, whether, whether they're doing it with their own family and two t- small children and they're looking for a better life for themselves, or if they are members of, you know, a, a cartel, or if they're, if they're um, uh, known on the terror watch list from a, a Middle Eastern country, if they make that arrest and then they go hand them over to immigration or to DHS or to Border Patrol, what happens to them, Dan? Oh, nothing. They either get they they get yeah. released just to go anywhere they want to go, and then we pay them well, they, to do yeah. that. Yeah, they get released, and then they get two thousand dollars a person. You got a family of four. Suddenly, you're making eight thousand dollars a month, and you get free lodging wherever you go and free health care. Yeah. I mean, seriously, this is what's happening in this country. That's what we're doing. This is overt. This is an overt attack by enemies foreign and domestic right now, and it's being organized by our enemies domestically. Absolutely. And that's exactly what's happening. That's exactly what's happening at the border. And it is to specifically to diminish our sovereignty and to advance the global agenda. It is also absolutely purposeful to create chaos in this country. And they're creating it. They're, they're not only creating the chaos by sending these people to the cities. Now, everybody knows what the border poor border towns have been dealing with for decades. And now Chicago, New York, et cetera, et cetera, are figuring this out. They're finding out what this really means when you dump millions of people in your, into your lap and there's nowhere for them to go. What are you going to do with them? And then the crime rates soaring in those areas where these immigrants are being dumped. And so, and, and, and we, and we see businesses, businesses are having to close Dan businesses that have existed in generationally in these cities are being forced to close and abandon their livelihood because once these encampments take place on their streets, it's over because nobody 
that is concerned about their own safety and well-being are going to go and patronize that shop, that pizza parlor, that hairstylist or whatever. It's over with. And that's what's happening in these cities. This is perfect. You can't look at it. Democrat or Republican or whatever flavor of independent you might be, you cannot look at that circumstance and not immediately deem it as a purposeful, deliberate attack on our way of life meant to create and cause chaos. And it's right out of the Lynn Solomonsky handbook. Absolutely. Absolutely. Steve, you're always welcome here. And we thank you so much for making yourself available regarding your issues, the things that you are dealing with. Please keep us posted. You're really good about reaching out to me. And, uh, especially about this event that's going to happen in Dallas at Blaze. It's going to happen at Blaze headquarters, isn't it? Uh, as of right now, we're just watching the weather because we really want to do it at Daily Plaza. So we will have this thing solidified today one way or the other. Okay. Let us know. We'll put it out to our readers. I'll publish a story about it. And we've got quite a few people that listen to the show in the Dallas Fort Worth area. My son listens all the time out in Fort Worth. Um, (laughs) there you go. Well, it's his dad, but he knows all about Steve Baker too. Hey, listen, (laughs) You, you stay safe and don't let any of this become fear for you because that will eat you alive. And we're praying yeah. for you. We're supporting you in any way and every way we can. And we thank you for coming here every week. Be safe. Be safe. I and, shall. I and shall. As, you can, as you can give us more details about anything that's going on, feel free to give us a call. All right, we'll do it. Absolutely. Thank you, Dan. Thanks, buddy. It's always good to get Steve Baker in here. He brings a new perspective to a lot of things. But the hot thing on the calendar right now is getting the Department of Justice off his back. Either indict him, arrest him, or leave him alone. (laughs) That's the way I feel about it. And by the way, uh, our House Speaker, is looking in on this, and if need be, he said he will get in the middle of it and make sure that it's done right and expose everything, everything that would be part of it that isn't right. Hey, we've got, what do we have left? we got 22 minutes left. I've got a couple of stories you want to hear. One of them I want you to hear is about who is responsible for the flood of illegals across our southern border. Back in a moment. Holidays abroad. Can we, can't we? But then we thought, should we? Staycation! We could share a year. Please, no. Luckily, we've picked British Airways holidays. Small deposit and can change if we need to. Decision made. Moonlight skinny dipping. (laughs) We've booked St. Lucia. Two weeks. Did you? Why didn't we? Ah, clever you. British Airways Holidays, Atoll Protected. What is Coca-Cola? Is it an excuse to get together? Since 1886, Coca-Cola has been passing on smiles from generation to generation. We've been giving kids scholarships. Like the early birds and the all-nighters. And you get to enjoy what matters most. Coca-Cola. Drink up. Northern Tool and Equipment. My 
girlfriend has given me a pet name. I'm afraid to ask. Snuggle Muffin. No, it isn't. And she uses it in public. Okay, so give your girlfriend a pet name she'll hate, like uh, Thunder Chunky. I couldn't do that. I see. Too harsh for Snuggle Muffin. Okay. Drown her out with a 200-mile-per-hour cordless sleep blower. Got it. Here she comes. Hey, Snuggle Muffin. What are you doing, Snuggle out of here. Wait, come back, Thunder Chunky. There's no problem a little horsepower can't solve. Northern Tool and Equip. We are the college at the forefront of innovative education. We are outstanding faculty teaching in cutting-edge classrooms and facilities. We are students learning powerful skills for tomorrow's workforce. And together... We are Triton. Register today. When Bolshevik Barbie throws shade, you have the weapon of light. The truth. TNN. The Truth News Network. Just reflecting on a little bit of what Steve shared with us, I can't imagine how it would feel to have the United States Department of Justice threatening you again and again on the phone. Fo- on the phone and actually in uh, writing to his attorneys as well, threatening to come and arrest him and haul him off to jail. And you know if they do that, I know he thinks he might can get it to happen in Dallas or in North Carolina where he lives, not definitely in the uh, capital city area up there, nowhere around Washington, D.C. But what? And I know this goes through his mind. It would go through mine and probably yours. What am I going to do if they come in and haul me off to jail? Or they they come in at 6 a.m. in the morning. You know, they uh, have the SWAT team there, and he hears a bunch of noise. They break down his door, and he's got three of those red dots on his chest. That's happened to a lot of these people, and they use it, that tactic, even when it's not necessary. There's nobody even closely, remotely going to do anything, push back guns or anything like that in every one of these cases. But often they'll have a helicopter up there. They'll have a camera crew. They notified some TV station that's up there filming it or whatever. And they're using all of these things against the American people. They're hiding stuff from us that we know is there. Steve has pulled back all of the cover on a bunch of it using factual video. One Capitol Police officer that had been all over the United States doing personal opinions, got a book that just came out. Come to find out in his testimony before Congress and in multiple courtrooms when prosecution of a bunch of these January 6th people were prosecuted and are in in jail, he lied in numerous places. About a month and a half ago, maybe two months ago, Steve published a story with the facts and had notified the Capitol Police and given them notice to come forward and work something out on the exposure of the details of it. They didn't respond. He actually wrote the story, Blaze 
published it the next day. They released it the next day with names. And the following day, Steve was demanded to go meet with the Capitol Police and their attorney. And the next day, all of a sudden, this police officer that was exposed in all this stuff, he retired from the Capitol Police two years before he was eligible to receive his retirement. That's just one little case. There's so much of this stuff going on. Now, let's talk about the southern border stuff. This morning, everybody is asking, finally, all the pinger pointing is now being noticed by American people. Who's responsible for our southern border stuff? All of the people in the Democrat ranks of the uh, U.S. House of Representatives and Senate, their storyline is real simple. We need money. President Biden put out this supplemental request that was full of money to do the things that we need to close down our southern border. Maria Bartiromo this morning had a guest on that weighed in on that. Listen to this. Why did you kick the can down the road and continue funding this government? Well, I didn't kick any can down the road. You can't win the game if you're not on the field. And the fact is, it would jeopardize our military readiness at a very dangerous time. You're, you're asking the wrong person when you ask Mike McCall um, that question. You really should be asking the Freedom Caucus. They are the ones who have stopped the Republicans from being able to govern. So what they are doing is they're locking in the Democratic policies. They're actually spending more money now than if we'd go to um, the debt ceiling numbers. So we could put Republican policies in, uh, but they continue to stymie this majority to be able to do anything. All right, that was House Foreign Affairs Committee Chairman Michael McCall answering my question on Sunday Morning Futures and followed by former House Speaker Kevin McCarthy, who was with me yesterday on this program. We were talking about the government spending battle. McCarthy attacking the House Freedom Caucus, saying its opposition to all of this spending is hurting the GOP's ability to govern and locking in Democrat spending levels. Ohio Congressman Max Miller is also claiming that the Freedom Caucus is disrupting the GOP agenda, telling The Washington Times he wants members to lose committee assignments and funding. Well, let's get into it right now. Joining me right now is Tennessee Congressman Andy Ogles. He is a member of the House Freedom Caucus and the House Financial Services Committee. Congressman, what do you want to say for yourself and for your colleagues? They say you are actually responsible for stopping the GOP agenda. Well, you know, uh, let's keep in mind it was the House Freedom Caucus that led the fight that got us Limit Save Grow. And then over the weekend, we were handed uh, the Financial Responsibility Act. And so uh, to say that we're stymieing progress is uh, absurd. We are barreling towards $36 trillion in debt. We've got to have these tough conversations. Nobody said this job was going to be easy, but we've got to fight to rein in spending. And so when you're conceding to the Democrats, when you have leadership that's crafting bills that the Senate it will pass versus passing the bills that that our republic needs to secure its future. That's a problem. So it's important that we have these fights. It's important that we have these battles. Look, John Quincy Adams loved the House of Representatives. Why? Because it was the people's house. It's where you argued. It's where you debated. And that's what we're doing. We're trying to get a better outcome for the American people. I understand that. But are you wasting time with all of these fights? Look at all the time wasted as we were betting. Will Kevin McCarthy keep the job? Will he not keep the job. Now you're attacking Mike Johnson. You want to take Mike Johnson down too? 
Well, let, let's keep in mind, I haven't, atta uh, I haven't attacked Mike Johnson. Mike Johnson is a friend. I didn't attack Kevin McCarthy either. So to, to, to lump everyone into one bucket is well, absurd. And, and, look, and, and Kevin McCarthy was, is, is a friend. But but I disagree with him, the idea that the, that the Freedom Caucus is responsible. Again, it is the Freedom Caucus that has led the fight and, and been the loudest when it comes to securing our border. It's the Freedom Caucus that's led the fight of we've got to rein in spending. Okay. We have to have these voices in Congress. That's why I ran. That's why I'll keep fighting. Well, fair point, Congressman Ogles. Look, Senate negotiators are working to win support for this bipartisan border deal. It's supposed to unlock aid for Ukraine. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer says the deal is not complete. He's calling out lawmakers who are already opposing it. I want to know where you stand. Watch this. All of us on the Democratic side are serious about getting something done. Sadly, it's clear there are some in this Congress and beyond who wish to prevent bipartisan action on the border and on our national security challenges. Whether they're blinded by naked partisanship or cowed by political pressure, these minority voices are cynically working to stymie bipartisan cooperation. Congressman, your reaction? Well, again, it's absolutely absurd. You know, under President Trump, we didn't have this crisis at the southern mm. border. Under Obama, we didn't have this crisis true, at the southern yeah. border. But we have it under Biden. This is a willful invasion that's being allowed by this administration. We don't need new laws to, to, uh, to secure the border. We need to let Greg Abbott do his job, which is to put up the razor wire. I stand with Texas. We've got to secure this border. And the fact that Schumer is advocating for a bipartisan deal should scare the crap out of you because you know it's going to be just that. And so yeah. they're trying to wrap. They've created a crisis, and now they're offering a solution. No thanks. All this is is calls it amnesty. So do you think that you're actually going to be able to move the needle on border security? Look, let's be clear. This president claims he's been at the border. He went to the border a year ago. We all remember what actually took place when he went. He would drove around in the beast, that car that he's in, and he drove around in El Paso, not actually seeing what's taking place on the border. But having said that, you've got a border czar. Do you actually think you're going to break this logjam? Well, we've got to fight. Uh, if I had to make a, project, a projection, I would say that this current deal is dead on arrival in the House. But we'll see. Uh, you know, I, I think what we need to do is enforce the laws that we have already in place, uh, put up the razor wire, shut down the border. That that fixes a lot of the problem. Then you have to have the conversation of what do we do with all of these people that are already here? Uh, and, and that is going to be a crisis in and to itself. I mean, you've got communities that are literally overrun by the sheer numbers of people who have illegally, illegally entered this country. Uh, in Tennessee alone, the, the cost of illegal immigration cost us about a billion dollars, almost a billion dollars a year. That's not sustainable for any state. It's not sustainable for Tennessee. So Florida Senator Marco Rubio writes this on X. How can there be a border security deal with a Biden administration that just went all the way to the Supreme Court to stop border security? Of course, Rubio is referencing what you just referenced. The Supreme Court's decision has ruled in favor of the Biden administration, allowing them to start removing the razor wire that Texas put up to stop illegal border crossings, Congressman. So you just said you think Texas should be able to put this wire up. Well, guess what? The Supreme Court just said not so fast. 
Well, you know, th that is unfortunate. I haven't read the decisions and, and why they came to that conclusion. But look, I think Greg Abbott this morning should get, get up uh, uh, with, with uh, the dedication, determination to put up more razor wire. And you know what? I'll volunteer to go down there and help him. Uh, he has a right to just secure his state. He has a right to just secure his people and prevent this invasion because ultimately it's the people of Texas and America that are paying for this. And the Biden administration is wrong and the Supreme Court got it wrong. Mm, all right, Congressman, we're going to keep watching all of this. I don't think he's got any more room for this. The Supreme Court ruled, right? It's over. Well, I mean, he said, uh, you know, Paxton said they'll keep fighting. I think they should mm -hmm. continue to fight. And look, uh, this is a crisis that is being created yep. by the Biden administration. They have a right to fight back, and they should. And yep. uh, it really concerns me that the Supreme Court ruled the way they did. And I think this should bother any state and any advocate for our state's rights. Congressman, thank you. Andy Ogles joining us this morning. Yes, we appreciate your time, sir. We all know. Biden could end that whole process by just telling his people, people, the Border Patrol agents, ICE, telling Alejandro Mayorkas, shut it down, shut it down. We refuse to continue to allow people to come in here without using the constitutional process. What a novel idea, huh? We want our lawmakers to abide by the Constitution. Let me give you a little example of how this administration works. Joe Biden nominated, or he appointed, envoy for climate, John Kerry. He created a position. Nobody knows who's working for it, who's getting paid what, and what the requirements are, and who they are accountable to. Think about that. He appointed, Biden did, carried to his post in the State Department in November of 2020, gave him a seat on the National Security Council and a key role in advancing the administration's massive climate agenda. Boy, there's been a bunch of good stuff done there, hasn't it? Kerry helped negotiate several high-profile climate agreements, but the ultimate success of those deals, it lies in the hands of other people, including China a reality that has made Kerry the subject of very wide criticism. I know the president appreciated everything that he was able to do in the past three years. That's from the brain surgeon that runs the White House press office, Corinne Jean-Pierre. You know, she said, he was able to deliver Kerry with the leadership, obviously, of this president, the most ambitious climate agenda in history. When you think about restoring America's leadership on climate around the world, implementing the largest investment in climate ever, putting us on track to cut emissions in half by 2030, but our work, the work that he started, the work is going to continue. The work to address the climate crisis will continue. Now think about what you just heard. Here's a guy that probably got paid more than a million dollars as a climate czar. I don't know where we came up with using that term behind all of our people that work at high levels in our government. A czar, climate czar, border czar, <laughs> Kamala Harris. These people are feckless and don't do the work for the American people within the constitutional structure.
any position that comes as part of the executive branch of government, when any president appoints somebody, nominates somebody, they're supposed to go through the U.S. Senate constitutionally. And the Senate approves or disapproves, and a president can apply legally to overturn the Congress's decision, but it's a process. He doesn't do that. Joe Biden just names names of people and puts them in places like he did Kerry. We don't know who worked for him. We don't know what their job descriptions were. We did not know any of that and still don't to this day. It's the identical same philosophy Joe Biden using at our southern border. I'm going to do whatever I want to do. The rest of you just sit down and shut up. That's exactly what's going on. Hey, guys, thank you for being here today. Good show today. Thanks for Steve Baker. We will keep you posted on that uh, press briefing or press conference that will be held in Dallas somewhere. We'll know later this afternoon. In fact, we'll publish it on our website that you'll get tomorrow morning. Until then, you have a great Tuesday. And if you live in New Hampshire, make sure you get out and vote. So long, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow. Well, I got myself a t-shirt that says what I believe. I got letters on my